Hey guys, this is Sergey. I have a guest, Brian, who I met during the interview process at a tech company. He helped me uh, and guide me through the process. He's a great resource to give us recruiter's perspective on the job search. Hey, Brian. Hey, Sergey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, thank you for, uh, for joining us. Uh, why don't you uh, give us a quick intro about yourself and uh, how did you get into recruiting? Yeah, I, I think like a lot of recruiters, I, I kind of fell into into recruiting. I I got at a, at a university. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I had a, a sales job that I was doing that I I wasn't really uh, you know in love with. It was something that was that was getting by, but the door opened, an opportunity to go work for uh, a recruiting agency opened up, and it was just something that I kind of fell in love with. Fell in love with working with people and trying to be. Uh, a resource for people in starting their jobs, uh, their job search anyways. And I think, you know, one of the, the most satisfying things for me as a recruiter has always been getting people their first job in Canada and helping them to, to grow their careers and, and seeing where they've gone, you know, years, years and years later. Well, that's amazing to hear, and you definitely helped me a lot to guide me through this whole uh, this whole journey. You mentioned something interesting: sales and recruiting. What mm -hmm. are some of the similarities and differences that you see? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's there's a lot of similarities, and there's there's quite a few differences. You know, I think with a, a sales process, you're you're trying to convince somebody to buy something, uh, make an investment on something. I think from a recruiting perspective, we're always selling everybody on everything. You're selling a candidate on a role, you're selling a hiring manager on a candidate, you're sometimes selling the, a job to somebody's family to say, you know, this is why you should go there. And I think it's a lot of time a fine line for recruiters when they're, they're walking it to what's best in it for, for them. Some, some recruiters on an agency side are getting commission off off of uh, hiring somebody and so sometimes they're doing what's right for them and you know I think it can be frustrating for for a candidate sometimes you know a lot more often on the corporate side like a, a recruiter that works for a company is just doing what's right for the company there are some that works internally you got to look them in the face every day and I think it's you're that person's really trying to do what's right for for everybody and it's hard to sometimes juggle all those different things Got it. Well, there's definitely some similarities and differences, as you mm -hmm. said. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about the typical interview process and what does that look like? Yeah, I think it, it can really range from organization to organization, different job types to different job types. If you're looking for you know, a software development job, it could be very different than, than a sales job. But in, in my experience, how I've always kind of run my, my um, interview process is there's typically when a candidate does apply or we reach out to them, um, we, we do, we start with what's called a phone screen. And this is kind of like a general perspective on uh, the candidate. So making sure that some of the kind of housekeeping questions as we call them, you know, does the location work for them? Um, you know, are they able to work in Canada? Um, Trying to think what else I'm, I'm blanking out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if there's travel involved, can they can right. they travel? Um, is there you know, in really getting a kind of an overall perspective of, of how much they know about the organization that that I work for um, or that recruiter works for, and then kind of just getting a, a brief synopsis of their work experience and maybe digging in to certain aspects of that job. From there, sometimes hiring managers can do a follow-up phone interview. Uh, sometimes it's an in-person interview, and sometimes there could be some kind of technical assessment or 
presentation ex assessment depending on really what the job is and then there also could be a, a meeting with um, kind of a senior level person in, in the organization. So Brian, what, what could you talk about what are some of the things that you need to pay attention to to be successful in a job search? You know, I think that there's you know four maybe five things that, that you need to, to think about. Um, you know, I think being prepared is, is really crucial. Um, sometimes recruiters just call out of the blue. Um, and so you need to really know who you're applying to. Um, a lot of candidates, a lot of my friends who I've seen in, in the job search process have a spreadsheet where it's listed out when they've applied to things, you know, who, where, where things are, are lying, you know, if they've had follow-up interviews and, and those types of things and, and kind of a little bit of research about that, that company. Um, researching the, the organization, so really understanding what that company does and, and what this role in that company is going to be. Um, and there's kind of varying degrees of, of depth that you can go into to get that that knowledge, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But um, I think the other thing is is just being passionate about your skills, being passionate about the opportunities as well. Um, I think that when people are on the phone, when they're meeting in person, sometimes you can want it almost too badly, um, and you can get nervous. You can get uh, um, you know, you can stop, almost time stop listening to what's going on. Um, and, you know, I think one of my favorite things to, to talk to people about when you're meeting somebody for the first time, whether it's, you know, on a sales call or, or an interview, is what I call the, the touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. And um, I think everybody has a moment like this in your life that you can think about where it's a moment of pride. And, and what I think about is there was a, a couple years back, there was a guy that caught the, um, caught not the game-winning, like the touchdown that saved the game, but the one that allowed that to happen. And it was the, the, the uh, catch of the century. This guy caught the ball against his, his head. <laughs> and, you know, after the game, people are saying, you know, oh, that, that catch was incredible. Was, it was incredible, and he said, you know, God put me on earth to, to do one thing, and it was to catch that ball, and, I, I, and I'm paraphrasing, I, I, catch, I caught the, the heck out of it. Um, and I think whenever that guy thinks about that moment in his life, there's nothing that can, can take that away. Like, he's, a smile comes off across his face, the confidence is there, and, and everybody has a moment like this, and it could be, you know, when you... If it's in, in sports, like something like that has, has happened, or if you have, you know, maybe you passed a test or you got uh, praised in, in some way, you know, there's something that you can think of that is going to give you that confidence. And you'll notice that your posture changes, a smile comes across your face, and you've got that. And when you meet somebody for the first time or when you pick up the phone and you're thinking about that in the first words, that energy does transfer. And it's one of those things that you just can grow and build off of. If you're starting off high, you're, you're going to go high. Even if you dip down in your energy a little bit, you're dipping down from a, from a, a high spot rather than dipping down from a low spot. I love it. I love the analogy. I think it makes so much sense. And uh, it's kind of reminded me when, when I was going through the process, I imagined myself as uh, Jordan Belford, <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street. And it was uh, funny enough, but uh, it did allow me to speak in a different way uh, mm -hmm. be just because I watched his... Uh, his workshops 
endlessly on YouTube, mm -hmm. and I just got into a state of mind where I was like I was I was literally conditioning myself to the point where I was speaking with the same tonality as mm -hmm. he was teaching, and it it did work. It uh, so I I really like that. Awesome. Um, so the next question: Where do you see candidates fail in the interview process? Maybe some of the some of the things on on a general level. Yeah, I th I think. There's there's really only a couple of ways that that things can go kind of sour quickly um, on on a phone interview because really you want it to be a conversation you want it to be an exchange of ideas because you know as much as the recruiter has questions you've got questions as well and you want to be able to ask them and there's a time and a place and there's kind of like a balance of you know who's asking the questions and and a baton can be passed during that interview process but um, I think. Oftentimes when we're talking and maybe we're nervous or we want the job so badly, we just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And it's a really one-sided conversation. And I think that oftentimes um, when there's only one voice, the other person can lose interest, can get bored. And you may be saying great things, but if you're not asking for that um, recognition of what you're saying, that, that kind of feedback, um, you know, you can often be going off in a direction in, out in the wilderness and, and not really being going in the right direction. So I think sometimes, you know, less is more. We've got two ears and one mouth and you want to use them in proportion. We want to be doing as much listening as, as we, more listening anyways, than we do talking. Um, and the other thing I think is, is just saying what you think the other person wants to hear. And when we do that, there's almost seems like there's a lack of substance to what you're actually saying. Everything seems very high level. You're not really digging into to what um, you want. You know, I think there's lots of jobs out there and there's lots of people that want those jobs. But sometimes you can get put into a situation by saying all the right things whether where you have a job, but it's not really a place where you're going to be successful. Mm. Yeah, so a good point. I, I like the first point because I think I, I was mentioned in the program Keep keep uh, in mind how long you speak. You will be judged on that. Ideally, you don't want to be speaking over two minutes if it's an in-person and probably less if you are on the phone. So the next question, Brian, what about the most important soft skills for the job interview? Mm -hmm. Maybe anything related to problem solving, reading social cues. Mm -hmm. For somebody who's coming outside of the country, mm -hmm. how can they show that they are a good fit for the Canadian culture and the environment? Yeah, I... I think that there's there's different environments for for everybody, um, and it it doesn't really matter where you come from. That uh, if you've got a lot of these these soft skills and you can demonstrate that you have them, um, you know, the the sky's the limit. You just need somebody to give you that that shot. So one of the ways, especially with problem solving, that uh, I look to assess it is is using kind of the the PAR format, and that is when I when I ask a, a situational question, I'm asking them to you know define a problem, um, outline the action that they took, and then um, present the results of, of that action. So um, when we've got problem solving, for example, um, you know tell me about a time when. Um, You had some sort of a challenge, yeah. right? You, yeah. uh, you were not like, for example, uh, one of the questions, like you were trying to impress your boss mm -hmm. or you had to influence the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell me about a time when um, you had to influence the, the team that you're, you're on. 
Um, so the maybe the problem is is you know you didn't have enough uh, leads coming in. So that that's the problem. You know we didn't have enough leads coming in. Um, what was the action that you you took? You know I suggested that we start utilizing more of uh, uh, Google AdWords to start driving uh, attraction to to the website. Tr- start driving content people to the content that we are producing um, the results and talk specifically to those results. It doesn't always have to be the perfect result. You can talk a little bit about the things that you learned along the way, the, what you would have done in that situation if you looked at it you know, today. This, as a result of learning this, this is what I would have done, you know, 2020 vision. Absolutely. And I think uh, I, I, t- I spend a lot of time talking about um, this. We, I outlined it as situation action result mm-hmm. method. And uh, I, I talked about it in the entry process, in the way that you pitch yourself, mm-hmm. and also in the way that you write an outcome-based resume. When mm-hmm. you have this one little bullet point, and ideally it's not a blob, it's a bullet point. What was the, what was the, the situation? What was the, some of the action that you took? Mm-hmm. And how did the bottom line of the company benefit from that? Yeah. So totally, totally cool. agree with that. Um, what about, uh, what are some of the non-standard job application approaches uh, that you come across that you that's that you see and that were successful because what I find is a lot most candidates they reserve to just apply online and uh, that's almost all they do and then mm-hmm. they don't hear back uh, and they think oh uh, they are maybe they're not good mm-hmm. or resume is not good they're not sure because they're not getting the feedback so what are some of the other ways maybe you see, you've seen that that were good that were successful yeah, you know, I think that uh, there's all different situations that call for all different manners, and there's things that one person that can do and be successful, and, and it may not work with that company or a different company by a different person. And I always think that, you know, if your heart is in the right place and you're doing the right things and and, and uh, putting out there the, the right actions, you know, results will come. Somebody will give you a shot. You know, I think in, in your case, I, I can remember when... Um, your name came across my desk. You'd reached out to our chief technology officer and went and had coffee with him. And and this is a a guy that uh, doesn't really pick up his phone. He isn't a guy that, um, you know, I expect people he doesn't know to be referred from him to to me and to say, hey, check this guy out. I had a a quick coffee with him and he seemed like a a smart guy and and somebody that we we should talk to. Um, and then we kind of went from there, knowing the nature of the job that you applied for in, in business development at that time. Um, getting people on the phone was really an aspect of, of that, that job. So, and I think what worked was that, you know, the skill that you demonstrated in your application process was the skill that you would be using in your, your, the core values of your job. And I think that was a perfect uh, mesh. And it came from somebody that I, I wasn't expecting it to come from a referral to, to come from. I love it, uh, and it's it's such a great example of uh, it's doing a sort of a pre-interview project. Mm-hmm. Will you will you are able to prove and minimize risk for the company that is hiring you for them to hire you? Whether it is you know writing an application code or whether to try to solve a problem hypothetically, and then showing who was what's your thinking process like, uh, and then it just simplifies the job for you to. Uh, instead of guessing, you could actually validate. You have some validation of what that person can do. 
Absolutely. And I think that when we're looking to learn more about an organization, you know, I think our our lead generation team is always getting people that are requesting demos of the software and going in that way and, and they're able to have a conversation and learn more. And I think if you can do those those types of tasks um, and, and get some of that perspective really from you know somebody that's already on the inside, you're you're going to have that knowledge base earlier. And salespeople like to talk, so uh, as absolutely as uh, some of the um, I guess recruiters do as well, but mm -hmm. it depends on who, right? Absolutely. Um, what are some of the, let's see, so where do you see when um, somebody is using this approach and they're going a non-standard way, where do you see maybe that it falls short? Mm. You know, I think that that can, be, that can be a challenge. Like maybe they just get the wrong person on the phone or they're too aggressive. I think that there's a fine line to know. Um, you know, if you're calling somebody that's not picking up, you know, 12 and 13 times a day and, and you know, reaching out, you're just not getting anywhere. Um, you know, I don't think you're, you're making uh, the road easier for you by, by bombarding somebody. I think you need to be tactical. You need to, to, to really think about, you know, how would I feel if somebody was approaching me this way? Um, and just kind of look at it from their, their perspective as well. Right. Um, what are some of the, I guess, the you mentioned one differentiator for this approach is that you could show the value bef that you could approve that you could do the job. Do you see any other maybe differentiation points like if you are doing that, well, you stand out from other candidates that just passively apply online? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think it's, it's hard because I also think that People have different perspectives. If you're if you're looking at kind of an entry level job right. versus a, a job that um, requires you know a senior level of experience, um, it can be quite challenging knowing you know how to to make yourself different, how to differentiate yourself and show that you've got those skills. Yeah, yeah. So Brian, uh, another interesting uh, thing that I came across was mm -hmm. so you're oftentimes you're able to to show the value for the position that that you're applying, but sometimes recruiters want to see the perspective for the future, and they also ask questions like, what, what, are, you, what are your plans in the next five years? Mm -hmm. So how the job candidate could show their potential and the eagerness to learn and maybe the curiosity mm -hmm. without necessarily writing those words on paper because everybody will do that? Yeah, you know, I think it's, People love to say, you know, what's your five-year plan? What's your five-year plan? I mean, uh, my five-year plan is, is constantly in flux and constantly changing. If I look back and said, Brian, you're going to be sitting in a room with Sergey in five years' time, um, five years ago, I, I, think I, I, I think I was crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's, it's about really demonstrating, you know, that you're thinking about those things. What are your plans? Where do you, what direction do you see yourself going. And I think oftentimes when we're starting out our careers and, and we're in that, that first rung or the, the more junior level positions, um, you know, we're, we're finding out more what we don't like about working and about types of jobs than, than what we do like. And I think when you find the things that you're passionate about, those are the things you want to engage with and those are the things that you want to, to focus your career towards. So. 
um, if you're reading, if you're learning, if you're you know watching videos about specific aspects of, of that job, I think you're able to, to kind of show that you're moving in a direction. I think showing that progress, showing that passion is, is as important as having those skills. Right. I would, I would rather work with somebody that tries hard and is looking to learn than somebody that has that knowledge but doesn't care. Yeah, I've heard it so many times uh, that it's not necessarily the skills that you have right now. It's it's how where you're looking to get to, and what effort are you putting in putting in right now, and how can you show it? And also, totally agree on the getting all your side projects, any side hustles that you have, maybe projects you've done in university, and and showing the relevance to to why it's going to be important for your current role, and then how you'll be able to grow from that in the future. One last question I had. So you obviously have uh, the recruiter's LinkedIn profile. What kind of messages, what's, what messages did you get in the last couple of months that really stood out that, you, that made, you, they made you take notice out of uh, other candidates? I think that's really hard, and I think that's a tough question because as recruiters and, and when your face is, is beside you know, a LinkedIn posting, people are going to reach out, they're going to have questions and, and those types of things. Um, I think when we receive these messages, sometimes it's as much about timing as it is about um, you know, the future as well, and I think it's as much about what you're saying as it is how you say it. Um, I don't know if there's an easy answer for you that's going to make you stand out. I think it's persistence. I think it's it's trying to reach out and connect, um, asking questions, asking thoughtful questions. You know, when I'm interviewing with people and I'm saying, do you have any questions for me? I'm getting a lot of the same questions over and over again. And, and, and I think there oftentimes there are, there are questions that if you'd done a bit of research, you could have seen those things. So if you put the work in, if you ask you know, thoughtful questions. I think that's you're you're putting yourself in in a more of a position to to be heard than than if you uh, just ask. You know, what does this job pay? Yeah, I mean, this is something that I talked about during the my my lesson about the resumes, where uh, my my uh, lesson about the job search, the the company um, the company research actually is where people are not spending enough time on learning about the culture, and they're asking, "What's your business model like?" And you have to know those things, and it just shows that you just didn't put in the work, and uh, you didn't go on the website, you didn't go on the press reports, you didn't go through the LinkedIn profiles of people you will be talking to, and the quality questions can make or break the difference easily. And I've also heard I forgot where it's coming from is uh, it's more important to ask the question than give a right answer. Mm. It's a better indica- uh, indication of success versus somebody gives you a right answer. It's a very static value. Uh, it's more about what you can do right now. Asking a smart question is something that really shows about the candidate. He's thinking of the future, where these things are going. And, uh, and it pr- probably also highlights a bit of his growth mindset versus I'm, I know everything type of mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, and I think it, all, it also depends on, on where you are in the interview process. If a recruit, If you've applied for a job and a recruiter just calls you, you know, the expectation is not that you're going to know everything. Uh, you may have a high level. If that call is scheduled, and I try to schedule all of my phone screens um, prior to 
to you know that day to give the candidate some time to to prepare to do some research because that's one thing I'm also looking at like how badly do you want this job how badly do you uh, you know are you interested you know if you're not if you're more of a passive candidate that's just kicking the tires um, you know it's a that's a data point um, but if you you're putting in the work and you're asking thoughtful questions that's also a data point um, yeah absolutely so yeah. look at the quality versus applying for as many jobs as possible. Well, I mean, even still, if you are applying for lots of jobs, um, try to, to, to take care of those things, but also be prepared for the call that you're about to be on. 100% agree. Well, Brian, thank you so much. It was very insightful. Uh, hopefully it was uh, also uh, our students will be able to have some good takeaways from here. Yeah, thanks. Sergey. had a lot of fun. Thanks.